Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. This is Debbie Ronka, your host. And today I have a very special guest with us, and our topic is the transitions that our military go through as they process and transition into civilian life. So I have a very special guest with me today, and his name is Mark Delaney. And Mark is the founder of The Veteran Professional, and he's also the CEO and co-founder of Vet Journey. It's a software platform for transitioning service members. After Mark graduated from the University of Maryland, he served in the 82nd Airborne Division and the 96th Civil Affairs Battalion with trips overseas to Iraq, Syria, and Saudi Arabia. Mark started his path to exit the Army in 2019. He felt deeply frustrated by the process and feeling the need to address the issue, he started the Veteran Professional to provide information and resources to veterans that are interested in higher education, entrepreneurship, and professional careers. Vet Journey is his newest passion as he believes strongly that technology can provide insights that can transform the transition journey, both for the veterans and the organizations that want to work with them. Mark is a graduate of the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business and lives in Charlottesville, Virginia with his fiance and their two dogs, Kismet and Titus. I love those dogs' names. <laughs> They're really great. I, I can't take credit for Kismet's name. I, I, I adopted him and that was what he came with. But uh, And then my fiance came up with the name for Titus. That's His full name is Titus Andromedus. I can't remember all, all the titles in there, but he's quite a personality for a little guy. I was going to ask you, do they live out their names? <laughs> so Kismet, Kismet is a, uh, he's a retired sled dog and he's a big husky and but is scared if a leaf blows in front of him. Whereas Titus is the small one with the personality of, you know, the 200 pound dog. Cause that's how it goes. <laughs> that, that's the truth about small dogs. Oh gosh. That's so funny. Well, I'm really welcome. Welcome Mark to the podcast. And at first I just want to personally thank you for your service to our country and the sacrifices that you've made with your life, preserving our freedom because it all comes at a cost. And I just want to personally thank you. And I'm sure I know all of my listeners are feeling the same. So please receive our accolations and, and thank you so much for what you've done. Well, thank you, Debbie. I appreciate that. I absolutely love what you are doing for the veterans. In fact, when I first read about what you do, it was like a no brainer. It's like Mark has got to come on this podcast because this is just one of those topics I think we as humanity really need to know more about uh, the struggles and all that go goes on with military, their families and all of those transitions. And there really is a difficult transition uh, for them. And it's, it's funny, I am a transition life coach. And that was always one of the thoughts that I had. I said, what does the military do when they go from one season to another? So. I'm so excited to have found you and have you come on and share what it is that you do for our wonderful veterans, including yourself. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm super pumped to talk about it. And I know there's 
the the transition topic, whether you know you're making a, a career change or you know some other type of major life change, I'm sure that there's a lot of parallels through you know what veterans are going through, um, but there are you know some unique nuances to being a service member exiting and you know re-entering into civilian life for sure. What would you um, say, or some of the, you know, we may think one way, but what are some of the struggles that that confront them when they first leave? So I, I put it into three layers, okay? So the, the the surface layer of you know the challenge for a transition service member is the just the, the, the bureaucracy, okay? You know, you're 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 navigating your way through government systems, okay, both through you know, you're serving in the Department of Defense, okay? And then you know, once you leave the Department of Defense, you're then going into the Department of Veteran Affairs. Okay. So first you have the the surface level problem of just navigating the bureaucracies of these two large organizations. Okay. Each one of them are going to have their own requirements. And if anyone has ever worked, you know, with the government, you know, you're trying to find out what to do with the DMV or anything. Sometimes the answer isn't always apparently obvious exactly what you need to do. And so very often service members struggle with just the simple fact of what exactly do I even need to do to just, you know, process my paperwork to get out? You know, leaving the military is not like, leaving a regular job. You don't just put in a two weeks notice and say, you know, see you later. I'm out the door. I first told my supervisor about 12 months before I exited. And that's really about how long I needed to do all the things that I needed to do just internally within the military in order to have a successful transition out. Okay. So that's the, the surface level challenge. Okay. The next layer, a little bit layered deeper than that are is navigating all the things that you have to do. And very often you're figuring out for the first time with regards to your post-military life. Okay. So for me personally, you know, I had a, a successful military career, you know, it was usually ranked in the top of my peers, um, you know, been chosen for a number of, of great assignments, awards, accolades, all the things. And I was, you know, 30 years old and it was my first time putting together a resume. It was my first time preparing for an interview. It was my first time having to think about how do I talk to someone about what kind of job I want to do? I, I'd never done these things before just because that's not how, you know, your career is managed in the military. So you're, you, you know, as an individual are trying to work through these things and you're, you know, with the pressure of, I need to find out, you know, what it is that I want to go do. And then also I'm, I'm trying I'm usually most people are doing this for the first time. Um, add in there too, there's a lot of people who, you know, a lot of people from the military may not have the the ecosystem around them of support to have references to draw from. Okay, so here here's an example of something that may happen. You may be someone who comes from you know a rural place in the south, and you know your dad's a truck driver and your mom's a teacher, and then you know you went to the navy and you got literally like millions of dollars of training and how to you know be a radar technician, and now you have like a, a very very marketable set of skills, but, you know, the people from your community, maybe, you know, your family and everything, they don't necessarily know, they may not have the experience in, you know, translating that to corporate America or something. And so you may just not have that around you. And, and that's just one example. That's definitely not everybody, but that can be the types of challenges we're talking about. Okay. And then the last, the last thing, and this is like the real and underpinning all of this in the back of your mind, the whole time you're thinking, what on earth am I going to do with the rest of my life? What, what what do I do with my hands now? What is my what is my meaning and purpose? And 
you know, when I was wearing the uniform and I had the, you know, the American flag on my shoulder every day, it's much easier to understand that. And it's much easier to wake up and know what your, your mission and your purpose and have that, you know, greater sense of being. And then as you start to leave, you start questioning what is going to be that next thing? Is it, am I just here to make, am I here to just make money? Am I here to just get a job Is it support my family? What is going to be that bigger thing that is going to drive and fill me up beyond just, you know, getting a paycheck and doing something. And that's, that's really, um, you know, I think the foundational basis of what most service members struggle with in, you know, the transition from military to civilian life. That is a big transition. You know, I, I always like to refer to transitions as being the bridges in life that take us from where we currently are to that next season or direction. And it's as you cross the bridge is when you encounter all those challenges, the inner struggles, the insecurities, the fears. And like, I can only imagine coming out of the military. First, it sounds like you're not being prepared for your exit. It's like, as you are getting to that place, you're finding out. And so here you are 12 months in advance preparing. Um, and what happens to the people who wait much later? I guess the process is a lot longer. So I can, you know, it's just the fear of the unknown and there isn't like a map for you. And, yeah. you know, I, I think about that. I think about like, how does that veteran feel when they come out? Are they... Are they even after a while so discouraged or even afraid to share that they have these needs? Do they find themselves just going in circles? That that absolutely can be a problem. And one one of the challenges that a lot of veterans face is, you know, the military gave us this this sense of invulnerability. And we we know how to not quit and we know how to work really hard. And we also know how to not ask for help very well. Okay. And you know, the, the, that mentality that is ingrained into us of never quit of like, you, you, you can tough it out. You can make your way through. Now that is imperative. Having, having like some bounce of that is absolutely necessary to do the types of things that we were required to do in the military. That also has to be bounced out with a recognition that sometimes you do need to ask for help. Okay. You do need to ask the, the, the analogy I always like to use with people is, you know, we can put a brick wall in front of a vet and we will beat our heads against it until we're able to find our way through to the other side of the wall. Okay. We will be able to do that. But very often there's someone who's on the other side of the wall who already figured out how to get around it and knows how to do it very well. And we're just a little reticent to go to that person and say, Hey, how did, how did you get to the other side here? Because I'm just going to keep beating on this thing. And eventually we'll get our way through, but you could have done it without being you know, as bloodied and bruised and everything as you might've been. Um, so that's definitely one of the challenges we have is just that sense of, I know I can, I can grip through this and we have to often, you know, we want to maintain some sense of that while also bouncing and recognizing you know what? I can go ask someone for help. There's like a way I can get to, you know, my destination faster without trying to just, you know, figure it all out myself. That's good to know. Well, tell us, Mark, like, tell us what the veteran professional is and tell us about what vet journey is. How do you, like, what is it that you've created to help veterans? Yeah. Yeah. So I started, uh, yeah, I started like, you know, really going through the mechanics of, you know, starting my exit from the army, uh, summer 2019. Okay. And as I was starting to go through the processes, you know, that the army was putting me through, 
and I was, you know, navigating an ecosystem of, of, you know, there, there's tons of nonprofits out there and, and great organizations that are doing things to help this problem. I felt overwhelmed. And I just said, you know, there's, there doesn't seem to be, I'm kind of putting together this patchwork quilt of resources and I'm not sure that everything kind of seems to be doing everything. Okay. Um, you know, I, I put my frustrations into, into three buckets. The first one is that as a service member going through this process, you know, you're trying to navigate what the military is telling you to do. You're trying to navigate, you know, these literally thousands of nonprofits that are out there to help you out. And then, you know, tons of companies have all kinds of military hiring programs and everything. And you're trying to figure out how to piece all this stuff together. And it can be overwhelming. And very often that leads to, you know, paralysis analysis and inaction and not doing anything or just getting frustrated with the system. Okay. The second big problem that I felt was that, uh, you know, a lot of service members leave the military with a bachelor's degree. Okay. So if you were an officer in the military, by definition, you already have a bachelor's degree. Lots of, uh, you know, lots, lots of people who were not officers, who were, you know, enlisted folks or, you know, non-commissioned officers earned one along the way. Um, you know, it, it was a very routine thing for me, you know, when I was deployed overseas where someone was working on a, you know, a remote, um, a remote degree and, you know, they earned the degree while they were in service. Okay. Now the military has some wonderful, uh, education benefits for veterans. Okay. You know, I, I just graduated from business school and, you know, I used the GI bill and that's how I went there. And I always say to tell people, my grandfather went to school in the GI bill, my dad went to school in the GI bill and I went to school in the GI bill. Uh, it's a wonderful resource to get an education. Okay. A lot of the information out there is aimed for people who are going from the military into an undergraduate institution. And so we're leaving a lot of untapped talent for people who might be interested in graduate school, which is, you know, what I end up doing. Okay. And then the last big frustration that I had was that it felt that the, the whole, the whole system was pushing me and everyone around me into just going to get a job, just a, a, a J-O-B job, just listen, Mark, we, we just want you to get something that's going to give you a paycheck. That way we can kind of check our box and everyone can feel happier that, you know, this veteran has a job. You know what? We we all didn't join the military. We didn't raise our right hand to to give up everything, including to our life overseas, overseas to just you know have that have have that thing that just checks the block. We we wanted something bigger, and you know we learned some really valuable stuff along the way in the military. And I said, you know, there's got to be more to this. Okay, we we've got to be able to push people push people further and give them more tools to succeed. So really, just wanting to scratch my own itch, I started writing. Um, I was an English major as an undergrad. I just like to write. And so, you know, I put out a couple articles and then, you know, after I built up a couple articles, I put it onto a website called theveteranpro.com. Uh, and I had been running that for a while. And then starting a podcast really was just the, the next evolution of it. So, you know, I, I run a podcast where I interview uh, about 80% of my guests are veterans. And I talk to them about their lives and careers after the military to kind of show other people what options are out there. So really, I started just trying to answer my own questions through through content, first through the written form and then through podcasting, okay? Through the podcast, I actually ended up connecting with my three uh, co-founders and we started a company called Vet Journey. So essentially what we're trying to do is build a software platform to guide a service member through everything they need to do in order to have a successful transition and re-enter into civilian life. And our idea is that through providing value to someone, um, you know, throughout that, you know, what we call a 12-month transition process, one, we can help them out. 
and prepare them successfully for reentry back into civilian life. But then we can also kind of learn a lot about them and what they're looking to go do. And then we can use that information to connect them with post-military opportunities, whether they be careers, education, entrepreneurial resources, whatever. And then ultimately, like, that's, those are the people that are going to pay for this service because we don't want to charge the veterans anything. You know, I went to your website just to see some of the things that you did. And you, you have this one section, like 100 things that you need to know before you leave the military. And one of the things that stood out to me is what LinkedIn says um, about underemployment, because like you were just referring to, like just checking boxes for the uh, veterans to have a job, but it may be below their talent level or their skill level. So you come alongside and try to help them find placement according to their talent and their abilities. Right. We try and help them find placement. And I think more importantly, we want to give them the, the tools and information to understand their full value and potential and understand, okay, how can I take these things that I did in the military, you know, these, these skills, maybe I have a, you know, a gap in education that I need to go get, like, you know, go get a professional certification or a degree or whatnot. But then once I can match that with um, you know, some of the skills I gained from the military, I can be really competitive out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the career market. And like, that's ultimately what we're trying to pair, prepare people to go do. Well, you know, I think veterans are, you know, one of the best employees that you can have because of the structure of uh, the work ethic, all of that. And of course, my husband always says, single mothers <laughs> make the best employees too, because, you know, they're there to take care of their families. So, so what what is the protocol? What happens? Do veterans find you somehow, and then do you just have one on ones? Are is there group sessions? Like, how does it really work? Yeah. So the the you know through the the veteran professional, everything is is you know content you know written or podcast, and then through Vet Journey, it, it, it's all digital. It's entirely a, a software based platform that you know, individual service member can use on their own time at their own pace. One of the challenges that you know, I personally found you know, during my own exit from the army, um, you know, like I said earlier, there, there are literally thousands of nonprofits and programs and uh, you know, resources out there. And a lot of them have some type of you know, group model or cohort model. And you know, I know a number of people who've gone through those and they're, they're fantastic. There's a lot of good benefit that can come from them. One of the challenges that exiting service members have is is the time aspect. You know, we can be stationed literally all across the world, and it can be hard to match up. You know, someone in Germany, someone in Italy, someone in Afghanistan, North Carolina, California, and like get everyone full coverage with those time zones and everything. Uh, and then often too, you know, we might be working very long hours, especially you know when I was overseas. I mean. 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days was, was, was totally normal. And so it can be hard to find that time for, you know, that, that, that group model. And so we want to give people a tool that they can do, you know, some of the same exercises and go through some of the same tasks at their own pace. Now, what we want to do in addition, because, you know, I know a number of these, you know, fantastic organizations that do have that group model is be able to, you know, refer people to those and say, you know, if this works in your time, here's some of the best ones that, you know, that we recommend. And then ultimately, you know, that provides value both to the, the service member and then, you know, those groups, uh, your organizations that we work with. And, you know, a lot of those people I've had on my, on my own podcast or I've talked to separately and they're, they're truly wonderful individuals. And so I want, I want to be able to help both parties out equally. Well, before I ask you another question, what is the name of your podcast? 
Uh, so it's called the, so the name of my website is the veteran professional and the podcast is called the veteran semi-professional. And I did that deliberately because I wanted to, as I was having conversations with people, I wanted to have conversations about more than just professional things, more than just, you know, a career focus. Um, so, you know, I've had a number of people onto the show where we've talked about, you know, mental health issues. We have had a number of people mm-hmm. on the show um, who've talked about using psychedelics to overcome, you know, post-traumatic stress. Um, I've had some like very vulnerable conversations dealing with completely non-professional topics, you know, um, and I wanted to be able to have that space in the podcast to be able to have those kinds of talks. That's so powerful because it's so needed because if you can't process the feelings, like how do you find the healing, right? And, you know, this transition quote, one of the, it says the hardest part about moving forward is not looking back. And I think about, you know, all that you have shared when you come out of the military, one of the things that you're leaving, first of all, is like your community. You have a brotherhood. Absolutely. You have a family that when you leave, it's like, where's my brothers and even simple things like your groceries you always knew where you were going to go everything was kind of in a way taken care of and so i could just see coming out just the mental uh, insecurities the frustrations like all of that needs to be processed so i'm glad to hear that's part of your journey with them yeah, I'm I'm really glad you touched on the 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 community piece and then the the relationships there. Because I think, you know, from a from an outsider's perspective looking at the military, I think there can be kind of the 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 immediate grasping of the importance of those relationships of, you know, someone you were in in very intense scenarios with, you know, life or death types of situations. And I think people kind of instantly grasp the the bonds that can form in those types of scenarios. But so many of like my 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 deepest dearest friends, we, we weren't we weren't in combat together, but we just spent a heck of a lot of time together because mm-hmm. that's just kind of you know we yeah. went through training. I mean we we would wake up literally next to each other, spend all day together, go to bed next to each other, rinse and repeat that for weeks at a time, and you just can't help but become lifelong friends with someone when you're literally sleeping on the ground next to them for, for weeks at a time, um, even without, you know, you know, life or death scenarios thrown in there, you just spend so much time with people and you learn to be so reliant on the people to your left and right to get the job done that you just, you just build bonds that it's, it's really hard to find those outside of, um, outside of the military community. Oh, that's deep because who do you spend that much time with unless it's your spouse, right? I mean, you re- you literally are side by side 24-7. And yeah, there, there are bonds that go deep. So I could see why it's really hard to leave those. I uh, Again, I was looking at your website because I found it interesting to read some of the things that they have a veteran has to deal with, one of them being... The conversation of when you go for an interview, it's not about we can do this for you. It's I can do this for you. So it's a whole identity change. It's not about we anymore. It's I. And I bet that's really difficult too. That's that's a great point to call out. That, that can be a huge challenge for, for a lot of people. The the military is very much a a we culture. You know, if if I went anywhere and said, you know, if I'd gone to my boss and said, oh, I did this, he would have looked at me and said, no, Mark, you didn't do that. Your team did that. 
your platoon did that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now there, there were, you know, there were times where it was 100% me, but they're, they're rare and, and far between. Okay. It was always a team effort and everything. One of the things that veterans struggle with is, you know, when we're going to a job interview, for example, um, you know, that employer, they're not hiring your team. They're not hiring your platoon. They're not hiring, you know, your squadron. They're hiring you. And so they want to know what was you, what was your impact? What happened, you know, when Mark entered that equation and something, we, we want to know what changed when you were involved. And that's a huge mindset shift for, for a veteran of translating and really digging into like what happened when I was involved in that equation and how do I communicate that to a potential employer? Do you do anything for the military spouses? Do they ever reach out to you when things are not going well? Is there a place for them? Absolutely. And I tell you, I've been reached out. Um, you know, I've had a number of spouses. I've had brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, aunts, uncles who, you know, my, my, my partner, my brother, my, my dad, my, my mom is, you know, going to get out in the next couple of months. What do they need to know? Because as I like to kind of tell people the it, it, it's not just an individual transition. It's, it really is a family one in, in, in all aspects of, um, it can be both kids, spouses, partners, really, really everyone. As I kind of would always, you know, joke to my family, you know, the, the army wasn't a, a career decision. It was a lifestyle choice. Um, and so getting out was, you know, my dad, my mom, you know, they were going on to base every day. They weren't deploying overseas, but it was a change for them too, because mm-hmm. now I'm in a different place and it really can be hard for, for everybody involved. Um, because everyone is also questioning what is going to be this person, you know, the service member, what's going to be their mission and purpose, what's going to drive them. And that's often, you know, one of the questions I get of a you know, point of concern for, uh, you know, maybe a spouse of, you know, like the, I'm worried that, you know, my soldier, my sailor, my airman, Marine, that they're just not going to have that sense of purpose anymore. What can you do to help them? Um, and then additionally too, there can often be often be a, a rebouncing of careers between spouses where, you know, very often, you know, when you're in the military, you might be moving every couple of years, you're getting a new assignment and just the, the bounce of career between, you know, um, between spouses is probably more heavily favored towards the military member, just kind of by default, unfortunately. And now there has to be a rebouncing, you know, the spouse is mm-hmm. saying, okay, you know, I've followed you around the country for, you know, the last eight, 10, 20 years. And, you know, you've deployed six, seven times, whatever it may be. It's time for me to focus on my career a little bit. And I, I kind of want that opportunity and that chance. And, you know, I want to be able to move back to, to my family and we got to have that, that, that bounce, um, you know, that rebouncing between the two of us a little bit. And that's often a, a challenge that couples can face during this transition as well. I could see how could, that could really be a challenge because that's a complete shift in everything. And wow, there's a lot. I, I, I'm sure there's hopefully some counseling or some coaching that could go on to help them with that because that's a lot to process. And they can't do it alone. They really do need a community. They need someone to bounce all of that off of. So in the meantime, while the veteran's trying to find his new place, what can they do in the meantime? I, I noticed like maybe acts of service in the community. Are there other ways that they can be involved where they feel like they still have purpose while they're waiting for that next place? 
Sure. You know, one of the first things that I always encourage people to do, um, and I, so I call it the, the vet net, the, the veteran network. Yeah. It is real and it is powerful. Okay. Every veteran I've ever reached out to, if I ask them, you know, whether they got out last year or 30 years ago, if I reach out to them and say, Hey, can I get your help on this? You know, they might make a little jab at me for being in the army and they're in the Marines and I'll make a, you know, jab at them for being in the air force, whatever it may be. Right. We're, we're going to poke each other a little bit, but sure. after we get it, after we get at, you know, after we get over that, it's like, how can I help you out? So I always encourage people find someone that you think is where you want to be in, you know, five, 10 years and reach out to them and say, can we grab a cup of coffee or, you know, have a, a virtual zoom chat or just hop on the phone for 15 minutes. And I want to understand, you know, what you went through. Um, and then also how I might be able to get to, you know, where it is that you are. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what I try and do on my podcast is amplify some of those stories and show people, you know, different paths that exist after the military. You know, I've had, I've had, just about anyone under the sun, you know, I've had, uh, you know, women who've gone into, to real estate. I've had, um, you know, men who are starting cannabis companies. I've had, uh, people who were starting tech companies. I've had people who've gone to work for Fortune 500 companies or your single entrepreneurs, whatever it may be. Cause I'm going to show people, you know, very often your, your choices for what you were doing while you were in service were, were constrained. You know, you, you couldn't just go do anything or, or pick up and leave and change careers that easily. Mm -hmm. And very often it can be overwhelming, just like the, the sheer volume of, of options you have. You know, you went from having this kind of, you know, looking at the world through a straw to now there is no straw and you can really do whatever you want. Uh, so I want to show people, you know, what are those options um, and what, you know, what are the tools, tactics, and frameworks that people use to have their, you know, their own transition um, and show that, you know, one of the messages I was trying to put out is that it's a, it really is a journey and not, and not a destination and that it is not a, there's not going to be a definitive end date where you say like, I'm totally done here. It, it's always kind of moving forward. And I think like the, the sooner you can kind of embrace that mentality, uh, mm -hmm. really the easier it is for, for you and everybody around you. You know, I have this quote, learn to embrace a change in your work and your personal life and make the transition to a better you. And that sounds like what you just said. So I love how you're getting them to mentally think where they want to be five, six years in advance and connect with that person. On the other side of that, do you actually have organizations reach out to you looking for specific talent? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've had a number of companies reach out to me um, specifically because they're, they're, they're trying to connect with veterans. Um, you know, some of them are you know, maybe like your more traditional, larger corporations who, you know, maybe they've got like a military hiring team um, or they're, you know, they're specifically looking for individuals with security clearances too, because, you know, that, that's a, it's a very popular thing amongst the veteran community. And then I've also had a number of, um, you know, private equity investor types who are looking to, you know, acquire a business and they reach out to me because they say, Mark, you know, at the end of the day, I can teach someone how to, you know, do a, you know, bounce, bounce the books and do the accounting and everything. What's really hard for me to find is someone who's comfortable in comfortable stepping in day one and leading a team and like running a business day to day. It's really hard for me to find a person like that, but I know veterans absolutely fit that bill. Can you kind of connect me with people like that? Well, that's a hallelujah phone call, isn't it? <laughs> 
yeah, that opens doors for, for a lot of people. I just love what you're doing. I, I can't thank you enough because you're really filling in the gap, that gap between leaving the military, entering the civilian life. There's a big gap there. And here you are stepping in with your own expertise. So in, in closing, I would just love to know what drew you personally to be in the military? I know your parents were in your grandfather, so obviously you're a military family, but what was going on in your heart and mind? Well, you know, it's, it, it's interesting you say that. So we, you know, I do have a lot of people in my, my family who have served, um, it, curiously enough, actually, my, my grandmother is turning 100 soon and she was a, oh. a nurse. She was a nurse in world war two wow. uh, in, in the Navy. So we, we, we do have a number of people who have served, but we don't think of ourselves as a, as a military family. It wasn't something, you know, we didn't talk about it around the dinner table. It wasn't like, you know, my dad had a folded up flag in the corner or anything like that. We, we don't think of ourselves as a, as a military family. Um, but it was, I, I knew it was, you know, part of my, my background and my, my culture a little bit really for me. Um, uh, it, sometimes I, I struggle with this a little bit cause I, you know, I think I ultimately made this decision when I was, I don't know, 17 years old. Uh, and so sometimes I wonder like what 17 year old Mark was thinking you know, 15 years ago, whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, but I think really it was, you know, it was 2006, 2007, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan were, were really kind of raging. And I just thought that this is just where I need to be. Um, this is just, you know, I, I see my country doing this and I see, you know, other, you know, young men and women like me who are going off to, you know, to fight for their country. And I feel like this is just the place like where things are happening right now that I, that I need to be there. That took a lot of courage, even though you were 17 and you, but that takes a lot of courage. Thank you. Well, is there anything else you'd love to share? Uh, how first people can reach out to you. And of course I'll have your contact information in my show notes, but is there a message that you want to just share to anyone who's listening in particular, if they're a veteran, what would you like to share? Well, well, first, actually, I, I want to address the, the, the non-veterans who, who are listening, which I'm sure is, you know, a, a lot of the sure. audience. Um, I think sometimes a lot of non-veterans struggle with, you know, it, it, it's very often customary, you know, when you meet a, when you meet a veteran to say, you know, thank you for your service. And then there can be this pause where someone doesn't quite know what to say after that. Just, just, just ask a question, you know, where did you serve? Just start the conversation and I try to understand, you know, what that veteran, what was their job in the military? You know, they, they could have just been a, a, a mechanic or, you know, um, the guy who laid cable in the, in the data center, whatever there, there are a ton of different jobs across the service. Okay. So I just encourage you to, to not be scared to ask that next question of how was your service? You know, what'd you do while you're in the military? And it just gets a conversation started to understand a little bit more about that person. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. And then for, you know, any, any of the, the, the service members or, you know, veterans that are, that are listening to this possibly first, I, I want to go back to the point of the, the vet net is real and it is powerful and it is deep. There are lots of people out there who, who want to help. And all you have to do is ask. It really is whether it be, you know, struggling with, you know, finding your next job would be struggling with, you know, finding your spouse, you know, their next job, um, whether it be you know a mental health issue, whatever it is, there are people out there who absolutely want to help. So don't hesitate to reach out. 
absolutely, you can reach out to me at mark at the veteranpro.com. Um, and if I don't have an immediate answer for you, I'm very sure that I can at least point you in the right direction of, of someone who may have that answer. Okay. Uh, so don't hesitate to reach out to me. That's awesome. And I just want to say, if anyone who's listening is feeling discouraged, consider this a lifeline. Consider this is an opportunity now. There, There is hope. There is a next step. And Mark Delaney is that answer for you. And so I highly encourage you to get in touch with him. There's so much for you left to do in this world, and we need you, your gifts and your talents to be recognized and celebrated. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that about the non-veteran, because I was going to ask you, how can we help? Um, how can we recognize what, where we could step in? And so the, the conversation is great. I'll, I'll also add two fantastic organizations. So one is called uh, Veterati. So it's V-E-T-E-R-A-T-I. And the other one is called American Corporate Partners. And so basically what they try and do is they try and match up typically non-veterans as, as mentors to an exiting service member. So it's a great place to go volunteer some time and, and work with someone. Uh, you know, During my own exit, I worked with both those organizations and had terrific mentors that, that helped me out along the way. Um, so the basic idea of Veterati, you can give as little as, you know, I think like a 30 minute conversation and American corporate partners, they, they try and have a more long-term relationship with you, but both organizations are great. If you want to work with um, exiting service members and helping them figure out, you know, what their post-military life looks like. Well, that's great advice. I can't thank you enough, Mark, for all the valuable information that you shared. Uh, again, this is a lifeline for maybe someone else who has not heard your podcast and knows that this is even available. So I just encourage all of our listeners to share, share this because we all know someone who has served. And uh, I think it's it's our responsibility and it's it should be a mandate for us to reach out and help because of so much that they have done for us. So thank you for being with us today on the Transition Bridge podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. I love this conversation. Oh, me too. I could just keep going and going. It, it's it's my I my parents and my two brothers were in the Navy. Oh, and, awesome. Yeah. And my mother was, she went in when she was 16 and she had to get special permission because she was yeah. too young. And she was a chief yeoman in the Navy at a very young age. So, yeah. so I really appreciate everything that you're, you're sharing. Um, and I, I love our country and I love our vets and I love all that you have done for our country. And I would love to just quote, uh, close with this quote. I found it from George Patton. It is a proud privilege to be a soldier, a good soldier with discipline, self-respect, pride in his unit and his country, a high sense of duty and obligation to comrades and to his superiors and a self-confidence born of demonstrated ability. I just thought that kind of sums up it all. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you all of uh, the listeners, this tribe that comes together where we learn to embrace, grow, and be transformed by the purpose and the power of our transitions. And again, Mark, thank you for your time and for your service. Thanks, Abby. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, Please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to DebbieRonka.com. That's D-E-B-I-R-O-N-C-A.com. <laughs>